Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, all the Marvel news you can use. I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Justin. And you're going to use this news. Just oh, yeah. In daily life. Like when the cavemen first emerged from cave, mm-hmm. caves, the first thing they needed was fire and Marvel news. <laughs> exactly. They were like, give me update about Thunderbolts. And that's uh, <laughs> one of the things we're going to do here on the podcast. We have a bunch of news items that have broken over the course of the past week. Just to mention at the top, if you've got a tip or a rumor or something you want us to cover, email us at comicbookclublive yeah. at gmail.com. Hit us up at the news desk. Our fleet of uh, young reporters will definitely cubs, dive uh, into this. Cubs, yes. that's Again, it. tying back to the whole cave thing. That's what we're doing here. It's a whole theme yeah. this episode. Let's jump into it. This is a big one. That This is very rubery. This comes from a bunch of different sources, but I saw this over on CBR, Comic Book Resources. Is Marvel working on a secret Mephisto special? There's a couple of layers to this rumor here. The mm. first part is that Sasha Baron Cohen is very... Very heavily rumored to be playing Mephisto in Ironheart, the spinoff of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I believe that was confirmed by Deadline, though not confirmed by Marvel. Of course, they haven't said anything about that casting. However, the second part of this rumor is that Sasha Baron Cohen is currently reprising his role as Mephisto and shooting on the same set as Agatha Coven of Chaos to do a Mephisto one-shot special presentation a la the Werewolf by Night thing or the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, all focused on Mephisto. W- what do you think about this? Because I have some reservations, let's say. Uh, I think reservations, it's very funny to me how much we were like, Mephisto's coming. We're going to see him. He's coming up. <laughs> I guaranteed. That's what it is. Yeah. And now that now we have sort of weirdly too much Mephisto probably mm-hmm. happening and it feels now it feels weird. It feels like Ironheart and Mephisto feel like not part of the same sort of type of story potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where it is. And a, a special for Mephisto actually fits more for me, but then it makes me feel like, are they setting up Mephisto for another larger role, perhaps in some sort of spidered man universe mm. uh, where, in fact, Mephisto has had a large role in the comic books undoing the marriage between he and Mary Jane. Now, obviously, they're not married, but as we learned at the end of the last movie, they have no – she doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. Perhaps something that a young Peter Parker might be willing to make a deal with a devil about because of his true love. That would be absolutely wild. Just to take a quick step back to the whole Iron Heart. That, that was a lot that of was a lot stepping. Of stuff. That was a lot of yeah. stuff. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, the thing about Iron Heart, and obviously we don't specifically know the plot, but we do know that Anthony Ramos, I believe it's Anthony Ramos, is playing the hood, and the hood gets his demonic hood by making a deal with the devil. So it would make sense that Mephisto is in there in some way. We have talked about before about how there's a potential interesting clash between magic and and science going on in the show. Not what I'd expect by Ironheart, but I'm very curious to see it. Yeah. The thing that holds me up a little bit, I totally believe that Sasha Baron Cohen would play Mephisto in and the And it's Marvel great Cinematic. casting. Let's yeah. say that, that's totally. a good look for them, I feel like. He has yeah. the kind of charisma and comedic chops that like uh, Robert Downey Jr. brought to the original Tony Stark, you know? The thing that holds me up a little bit about this current stage of the rumor, and I'm curious, as somebody who does production, to get your uh, commentary on this, is the idea that they're shooting a Mephisto special on the set the same time they're shooting Agatha Covenant of Chaos. That seems weird to me. I mean, that is a little weird, unless it may, it, 
that saying it that way makes me think that Mephisto will also appear in mm-hmm. um, the Agatha show, which makes a lot of sense from a witch, the devil point of view. That's a strong, uh, obvious connect. But as far as shooting something on the same set, that's not that strange. Um, it may be that Ag, from a production point of view, it may be that they had to, to stop down for for Ag- for some sort of production reason, like a, a, one of the stars had to go do something else. So they had a couple days on the stage. They were like, okay, let's slide the Mephisto thing in here. Especially if it's, if it's a set, like uh, if it's a stage like that has the volume on it and it can be anything, there's no real mm, loss there. Or if it's call. something where like, it, yeah, a volume, you can just put anything back there. So there's no real, it's just moving props in and out or set pieces. So uh, from a production point of view, I don't find that to be too strange. In fact, it may be some nice synergy if there's any sort of um, similar storylines between Agatha and Mephisto. It also, the okay, th- that makes a lot of sense. I get that. I do think then the question becomes about scheduling, something we're going to be talking about a little later in the podcast, because we still don't know when any of these shows are coming out. Agatha Coven came mm. us. They've talked about maybe sometime next year. They're saying this Mephisto special might be sometime this year. If there is a specific tie with them, I could see some sort of like Mephisto's Day Off type thing happening where you have. Oh, that's fun. What had him, Rosencrantz and Gildan, starting his way through Agatha Covenant Chaos? But then you need that to come first. So lots of question marks here. Seems potentially reasonable, but I guess we'll see what happens. Well, and then you get into like, and I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but like the idea that like uh, Marvel's pulling back, like we're not going to do as many things because Agatha Coven of Chaos feels like the ac- actual opposite of that, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is a spinoff from sort of a spinoff about a character that we all love, but doesn't relate to a lot of other Marvel continuity. It's like stepping out on one tree limb as opposed to connecting back to a larger piece. So the fact that the Agatha is still going forward and we're going to see that and Mephisto is potentially an extension of that even feels uh, very strange. So I do that may maybe it was originally a secondary thing, but they want to put Mephisto in first Mm. because they've heard the fan outcry back from earlier on. Um, in in the MCU and are like, well, this there seems to be an interest in this character, so let's make this more of a centerpiece. Well, let's talk about a character that everybody is interested in, which is the Scarlet Witch. Elizabeth Olsen has been touring around with her new uh, TV show, excuse me, I was about to say movie, and getting a lot of questions, of course, about Scarlet Witch. The first one, I'll try to do my best Elizabeth Olsen impression here in terms Ooh. of how she answered this. It's not actually going to be an impression, but she was talking to Deadline and they asked her about returning as Wanda after Multiverse of Madness. And she said, I don't know ever how to answer these questions, except I don't. I think I'll be back. And (laughs) (laughs) there was that. You can can hear her agent in her brain being like, don't say you're not coming back. Say you want to come back. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) someone will hear you. And the weird thing about the quote was just to be like, except I, it was hard to tell if she was like doing a fun bit of like, I don't think I'll be back. I don't, I think I'll be like, maybe she was doing a bit. Maybe she was saying something very weird, a little more definitive. She talked to screen rant about this as well. When they, she was on a carpet, um, I think this is down at South by Southwest. Uh, we can do anything with her now. I feel like we've done so much. Now we can really have fun. I feel like there's a lot more humor to be had with her. She's often the emotion of a story and I'm curious to see what we can explore and hopefully we can give her some redemption. So, what do you think about that? Given that she was flat as a pancake at the end of Multiverse of Madness, do you want to see Scarlet Witch back? How do you want to see Scarlet Witch back? What's your take on it? Well, just if I were to decipher that quote directly, uh, where it's like, she could be funny too, and we could redeem her a little bit. I'm like, 
that feels like an episode of Agatha. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they like somehow conjure her from beyond or, or something like that. And it's like more of a comedian. Because like Agatha, is, we think, is a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. It's at least comedically driven uh, rather than like another sort of Scarlet Witch from Doctor Strange style. Like this is a, a absolute monster trying to take over the world. So I, I do mean, think I'll bringing- tell you, not to interrupt, but if it's Catherine Hahn, Aubrey Plaza, Amy Poehler, and a bunch of other cast members in a deathly serious drama, <laughs> yeah. they've got horribly wrong somewhere. I mean, that, you never know what's happening <laughs> yeah, with these true. shows. So, so anyway, like I think her quote feels like she's dancing around something very obvious that Scarlet Witch will be in an episode of Agatha being redeemed in a funny yeah, way. Yeah, I do. I didn't like Multiverse of Madness. I didn't think it was a good movie, but I do think there was a finality there in terms of what happens with the Scarlet Witch. Obviously, I've seen superhero movies before. Obviously, we've been reading comics for decades at this point, so I know there's a million ways of bringing her back, but I I like the finality. I like the idea of letting characters end. I don't need to see Iron Man again. He had a good ending in Avengers Endgame. I don't necessarily need to see Captain America again. Same sort of thing. Like, he had an ending there, so like... I know that's not the point of the comics. I know that's antithetical to comics and superhero storytelling. But as a moviegoer and TV watcher in particular, I like finality. I like ending because these are real human people that actually do get older. I don't think we're going to have that here, though. Well, but I also think like movies are uh, are finite storytelling objects like comic books and TV are about being unending and episodic and always like pulling you in for the next one. But movies aren't like that. Like movies are specifically about like, this is the end. And if you want to see another one, we're going to make a sequel, but it's going to be different and you have to pay again. So I, I agree with you. I think it's harder to make like, well, now they're back. Now they're back. You can't pull that trick over and over again or else it starts to get a little like not interesting. I do like your idea to bring Scarlet Witch back as part of Agatha Covet of Chaos. That's a way that it doesn't feel like, we need to give her this whole emotional arc and bring finality to her story or anything. It's just bring her in for a bit. And that's a good way of doing it because Elizabeth Olsen, funny actress. Yeah. And I also think that's how they should touch on all the characters you mentioned, like Captain America. I think, I don't know if we want to see him. Maybe we see him in a flashback or we see him in like a vision or a dream or like anything like that. That's a great way to keep their power in the Marvel's universe moving forward because those characters inspire all of the current uh, quote unquote Avengers there and, and heroes that we're seeing like directly, like the current Captain America is directly inspired by Steve Rogers. Like Ironheart is a direct uh, descendant of Iron Man. Like it's all right there. So like we can see them, but I don't think we want to inject them into the story as a main character again. Let's move on to talk about a new character. That's a very mysterious character. Stephen Yan was also touring around for some new stuff. I believe this is Beef, which is coming to Netflix that also was premiering at South by Southwest. But he talked to Empire a little bit about his role in Thunderbolts. All he said is, I don't know if it was explicitly on my bucket list in terms of joining the MCU. It was more the story, getting to work with Jake Schreier again, who directed Beef, and what his intentions were. The intentions of the particular character that they wanted me to play were very clear, and that's what drew me to the film. Uh, now, I'll just say this is probably Stephen Yun's trading on Walking Dead, saying lots of things without actually saying anything coming through here, which set him up very well for Marvel. But given these very vague comments, uh, what do you think? What do you take away from Stephen Yun and Thunderbolts? I mean, you're, you're right. He He's more like he's very savvy about talking about it, but not talking about it. And I, I, I'm trying to just. Dis- 
figure out what character he, he could be talking about. Like, what do you, what is that? Is it, a, it's a villain? Is it like, I, everybody keeps trying to be like, is he the sentry in the Thunderbolts? Is he some other Marvel character? And they keep trying to game that out. I feel like he's a guy. Probably is my guess. Oh, interesting. Like he's an agent of damage control or whatever agency Thunderbolts and Valentina are working with. Maybe he's working against them in some way. Um, I'd love to see him in some sort of main role, but I get the sense now that people just kind of want to do Marvel movies. I'm basing this all on William Jackson Harper in Quantum Mania, where he yeah. came in and I was like, Oh, that's that's not a guy we're going to see again. All right. I really like him as an actor. He's funny, but clearly it's like, cool, Marvel paycheck. Let's do this. So maybe it's the same thing with Stephen Young, um, though uh, there has been talk about it potentially being a role that goes forward. I guess this is a roundabout way of saying that when they said when he said this and when he said this quote, my mind immediately went to Martin Freeman in the Black Panther movies. And it feels mm. like he could inhabit the same sort of role. Interesting. I mean, like, the Sentry is a interesting character, but on top in a big movie with a ton of characters that need some explaining, reintroduction to in the Thunderbolts mm-hmm. movie, to explain the Sentry is crazy, <laughs> which is like a hero that was alive who has an in, internal alter ego that is also his arch enemy, um, who is like sort of losing his mind all the time, but also not, and, and a great hero, but also his own villain. Like, it's just like, it's chaotic to have to do that. I see some other rumors here about um, him playing Amadeus Cho. That feels very strange. It also feels like, look, an Asian character. Yeah. That's being played by. So that yeah, feels I, like. I don't like that. No, I agree. That feels like just bad thinking from the rumor mill trying to put that together. Because there's, it's not like you have to hire Steven Yeun to play an Asian character from the comics. It can be any character. Like and Sentry Steven in Yen the comics. Is, if people that have only seen him on Walking Dead or something like that, he's phenomenal. Oh, he's so good. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. His, nope. Yeah, if you haven't seen Dope, he has this monologue where he talks about an SNL sketch yeah. that is one of the best pieces of acting of the year. Also, just because we're talking about it, I've seen the first five episodes of Beef, which is coming to Netflix. It's him versus Ali Wong. Basically, they have like a road rage incident, and it spins wildly out of control from there. And it's just sort of the two of them in an actually very dramatic but sort of comedic way. It's an A24 mm. show, so to give you the idea. Like, yeah doing some very dark stuff to each other. Um, but he's so good and so different in that as well. To shoebox him, like we're saying, in like Asian man, Asian role is, it's racist. So maybe yeah, don't do 100%. That. Don't, but don't, that's why I was surprised by so many people in articles written about it. I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I could see him in some sort of generic agent role. I could see – I don't know if there's any, like, classic Thunderbolts characters. Obviously, we've already had Baron Zebo. I think that's where my mind would go immediately because I'd want him in a big role. Uh, yeah. It, it also doesn't seem like they're doing classic comic book Thunderbolts, so I'm not sure. Yeah. What it, whatever it is, I will say – I was a little iffy about the Thunderbolts comment, uh, the whole idea of the movie. I'm not quite sure how it was going to come together. There's a lot of characters with very similar powers on it. But hearing Stephen Young say the intentions are clear and him being into it, he's a dude who knows how to choose projects very wisely. So that made me a little more excited about Thunderbolts, personally. Yeah, and like the idea of a a comic book movie coming at it from like these people aren't 
shining bright superheroes is really interesting undercutting the whole thing not in a the boys way where it's purposefully they're straight up evil they have good intentions but they're sort of bad at it Mm -hmm. is really interesting and has a ton of comedic possibilities so like and sort of bad news bears style superhero team that just Mm -hmm. can't get it together until they maybe do at the end a lot of fun opportunity there so i'm looking forward to it especially with steven yun involved yeah Next up, there was a synopsis released for X-Men 97, the animated series that has taken a very long time to get here. Again, something we'll be talking about in a moment. This is via Collider. Storm and Wolverine try to continue the X-Men. Magneto comes in and wants to step up for Charles Xavier. Sinister comes in to try to end the X-Men once and for all. Uh, My reaction is, that tracks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also, it's like... You love the X-Men? Well, here's a complicated version of it. Feels (laughs) sort of weird to me, but also setting like X-Men 97. I don't know. It's so esoteric. It's so specific. Who this is for like literally us, right? Yeah, I I, I think so. I mean, listen, animation, and this is not to slag off animation because I love animation, but animation has a smaller audience than live action. It just does. You know, you look at the amount of people if we're specifically talking about MCU, watched What If versus this other thing. So generally I'm against playing for the crowd, you know, but that's absolutely what this is. They know who's going to watch this. They're playing it for them. Those folks are the people who are going to get this deep X-Men continuity and be like, ooh, Mr. Sinister come in. Okay, cool. Oh, this is Magneto in the uh, Jim Lee uniform. All right, let's go. Let's do this. I get all this stuff. So that's fine. But I'm curious, like, what's the tone of this? Because to set something in 1997, like, are we commenting on that? Is it is it actually set in 97 or is it like just you, taking the vibe of that and moving it forward? Like, what are we going to do here? Because it, it could yep. be like this super joke heavy, like, ha, this is ridiculous. Almost like it can't be even like a Batman 66, but X-Men 97. Or it could be pretty straightforward. And it's just like, no, this is the sort of the the type of X-Men that we're starting in and just moving forward. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, they're bringing back most of the original cast from X-Men, the animated series. So I assume just totally, they're going to try to continue that as much as possible. So if you liked X-Men in the animated series, which an entire generation of superhero fans did, you're probably going to get more of that. Uh, I am always of the opinion I'd love to see things, you know, twist and change and be tweaked a little bit and really challenge you. But and this is not to be dismissive again, but I don't think this is going to be a challenging show. This is going to be more X-Men, the animated series. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, d- do we going to get Morph uh, dying in the first episode? Oh, again? God, I hope is so. That... <laughs> Another... yeah, every episode, Justice Wolverine for Morph. strokes a picture just like he does in the beam. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that's interesting about setting it in 1997 is you're not going to get any references to The Matrix because that hasn't come out yet. You're not going to get any references to Fight Club or anything like that. Those are all 99. So if they eventually get there, they can drop those refs. That's a great and specific point. Maybe a lot of the storyline will revolve around the production of Fight Club leading up to its eventual release. (laughs) Oh, God, I hope so. All right. Speaking of production, this is even vaguer than Stephen Young's quotes. A Marvel movie will shoot in D.C. later this year. This was revealed by DCist.com. I believe there was a speech by a senator that dropped this Marvel movie news really uh, stealing our thunder here. It's very funny to hear a Marvel movie was shoot in D.C. It makes it sound like 
on a Batman set. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused when I saw this headline. I was like, shoot in DC. What is going on here? But yeah. Uh, wh- what do you think? I mean, I think there's some pretty obvious guesses in terms of what it could be, but what's your best guess for what's going to shoot in DC later this year? I mean, I got to think we're seeing some Captain America New yeah. World Order uh, coming from from this. I think Thunderbolts was probably is not necessarily set in D.C. and probably specifically not. While if you're shooting on location, it's probably a big, splashy movie like Cap. Um, the article also mentioned Armor Wars, the sort of the project that can't really figure itself out. It seems mm-hmm. like that was a series and then it was a movie. And now it, I haven't heard much about it in the meantime. Yeah, I think it's definitely Captain America. And this is potentially mildly getting into spoilers here. But apparently in the movie, Harrison Ford, who has taken over as Thunderbolt Ross, is now president of the United States in the movie. Captain America, New World Order. He's the new Captain America. He's probably clashing with the U.S. government in some way. Makes a lot of sense to set it in D.C. So there you go. Head on down. Check out the Cherry Blossoms and check out Sam Wilson beating the shit out of Harrison Ford. (laughs) Here's one. This isn't even necessarily a news item, but I continue to be struck by this. And I was curious to talk through this thing. But the... Every month we get the new on lists at work. They're the things that are like, here's what's coming up on Netflix. Here's what's coming up on Hulu. Here's what's coming up on Disney+. And once again, other than you get Marvel's Devil, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and there's one other thing that I'm forgetting about, but there's no new Marvel show or movie that is coming out in Disney Plus in April. And in fact, the last time we saw a new MCO show, and I'm not talking about the behind-the-scenes documentaries or clip shows or anything like that, was the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special on November 24th. So we know that they're pulling back on stuff, but I got to say, this feels like a lot of pulling back at this point. Well, yes, I agree. But I also think we were at a peak sort of Marvel glut um, mm-hmm. a few last year, mid mid last year. Uh, and not to say that glut is necessarily a bad thing. I love bring get it in my body. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but I do think their announcement of like, hey, we're going to pull back came when they'd already made that decision months ago. Mm-hmm. Like they said, we're pulling back in the middle of the pullback. So yeah. it feels like, and I think the pullback will continue at its current pace. So I think we're going to, this is now the new pace we're getting where we're not going to have Marvel stuff for, you know, two, three month blocks at a time. Well, but this is getting back to what exactly what we were talking about with Coveted Chaos and this Mephisto special. At this point, they got stuff piling up. Like, yes, I understand we're taking a break. We're going to space stuff out. Maybe they're preparing for COVID-19 Part 2 or something like that where they're going to have to shut down again. But they've got Echo pretty much done, right? They're just starting to shoot Daredevil Board again. They've been shooting Agatha Covet of Chaos. They've got Secret Invasion has been sitting there for months at this point, just ready to go or pretty much ready to go as far as we know. Um, Plus everything, uh, Ironheart as well. I'm sure there's a bunch of other things we're forgetting. So... How does that space out then? Are they still are they actually going to pull back to like, oh, we're just going to do two shows a year and Echo, which we shot 13 years ago, is going to come out 13 years after that? Or how does this work? Well, I think it's more because it's not about like withholding it from us. I think it's like, hey, wait. Let's they not are. rush. They're holding from us. Give me. <laughs> but I do think that's how it feels, and it's where it's yeah. like, why are you holding on to this when you could just release it? But they they're working on them all more. I think is the idea. They're like, okay, wait, how does this all fit together? 
do we need to rewrite or reshoot any of this so that it's better because we've started to have a problem where the quality isn't high enough to meet the mark where people want to go see your quantum manias. Mm-hmm. So it, like, it's not about them just sitting on a shelf and being like, we'll release it when we're good and ready. I think they're really trying to look at the picture, fix some stuff and move forward more deliberately because competition's getting uh, more intense with James Gunn um, taking over DC and they've seen some legit and surely terrifying box office um, hits when it comes to quantum mania. Yeah, I think that's absolutely accurate. And I do my my most hopeful thing, which is probably very naive. There's been so much talk about the VFX and actual reporting on it in terms of the VFX artists complaining, talking about how Marvel is changing things last second. That's bad press. It's the first real bad press that Marvel has gotten in over a decade at this point. So, again, this is very naive because I, I feel like. The actual Hollywood way is like, oh, that's really bad for the VFX artist. Well, anyway, moving on. But my hope would be exactly what you're saying, that that's one of the things they're working on. Like, make sure we can give these VFX artists times to make this stuff actually not look like shit because it's affecting the fan base. It's affecting the critical reaction. It's affecting everything. Well, and like Hollywood and all like sort of production doesn't run on like we have to make sure everyone feels good at the end of the day. It runs on, is everyone having the time and resources they need to do their job so the product looks how and feels how it's supposed to? So, like, I agree with you. They don't care how all the VFX artists are feeling at the end of their 18-hour shift. But when the product doesn't look as good as it needs to, that's mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, okay. It seems like they really need us to take a second and make this look good because <laughs> bad work is bad. And it shows up. The whole thing is production is everyone has to be doing a good job. If your sound guy's not doing a good job... The movie is bad. And, and that's top to bottom everything, including obviously VFX. So last thing I'll say about this, and then we'll move on to our last news item here. When do you think we're actually going to get the new next Disney Plus show? I mean, it feels like we're headed for Secret Invasion next. Is that you think that's wrong? It's either Secret Invasion or Loki season two. And my feeling is probably Loki season two. Maybe May, but more likely June to give Guardians of the Galaxy space would be my guess. Interesting, because like it feels like Loki Loki hasn't been on the shelf at all. And I know that's their sort of biggest win, probably. But Secret Invasion is supposed to be good. And I, and I think we need that flavor more than we need Loki right now. I think we need a new, exciting thing as opposed to like, Here's another sequel that we've already teased and you already sort of know what's going to happen. And it's more Kang, someone who you're going to have a well, long relationship. With. But to get back to it, exactly what we're saying, like that's playing it safe, right? One of the only yeah. positive things that everybody agreed on with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was the second post credit scene focusing on Loki was good and exciting. So to build directly on that and draw that line there, that's hopefully if it's good even though they've changed a lot of behind-the-scenes staff on Loki Season 2, if it's good, that is a win for them. That's like, okay, we can relax for a second. Yeah, that's fair, and they need a win. But I got to think Secret Invasion has to come right on the heels of Loki. 
We'll see. Maybe we're going to get that Mephisto special first. Last but not least, this was uh, an interesting thing that happened. Uh, probably not interesting for the people involved, but for those of you who don't know, <laughs> there's a Marvel Studios spoiler Reddit that puts up, <laughs> sometimes there's spoilers like, big spoiler, guys, here's a new poster for Batman and the Wasp Quantumania. But also, they post a lot of stuff from people who are leakers. They're very careful, actually, about hey, this is a rumor, this is the level of trustworthy this particular rumor monger is. So they're very good about it. Like, it was a good Reddit, all told, for Reddit. But somebody, well, you know, sometimes they're garbage. The... uh, Somebody put up, I believe, 60 pages of a transcript of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, including audio files, a month before the movie came out. Marvel and Disney got wind of that. They're suing Reddit, suing Google. They wanted them to reveal the name of the person. The Mm. Marvel Studios spoilers Reddit has temporarily not shut down, but gone private in response to that until they can kind of deal with this. Uh, So lots of stuff going on there. Uh, What do you think about this? Do you think this is – well, go ahead, Justin. Well, I think the – the rumor rumor mills and like secrets for Marvel movies in any project is good for the movies mostly. Like even if there are an actual leak, it still builds buzz. It's still getting us somewhere, and it's like, oh my god, what if Sasha Baron Cohen is playing Mephisto? Oh my god, he is. Okay, oh I I knew that first. Like it's good fan bait, but when it crosses over into materials being leaked, like audio, that's where they're like, hey, hey no, no, you can't mm-hmm. do that. That's our product that you're teasing out and that could uh de-incentivize people from going to see the actual movie because like eh, i've already heard it so i don't need to see it and that's where they're when the money gets hit that's where they're going to come in so it's a it's a strong pendulum swing between these two things and they just cross the line yeah totally agree with that and i think marvel studios spoiler reddit again is dealing with it correctly by going private trying to deal with it i hope they don't I don't know. I I feel very conflicted about releasing the person's name because that's a level of letting Marvel and Disney go into this stuff. But there's probably punish someone who well, and also getting your hands on audio like that. That's like that would be that's someone like who has access to the cut Mm -hmm. of the movie. And it's like, you know, I don't know who that would be, like an assistant editor or someone who's like, I'm just going to sneak this out. It's it is someone who is like damaging their product. So that's why they want to know. But I got to think they'll scold the Reddit and then just be like, okay, don't post stuff. Post yeah. your rumors, don't post stuff. Well, and I think on the flip side of that, I do think there's something to be said for this whole spoiler culture encouraging people who are even involved in a production to push this stuff out there. And that's bad. That's being bad yeah. at your job. You shouldn't be doing that stuff. There is a difference to get back to something you were talking about earlier in the podcast between reporters from a legitimate outlet talking to people uh, about VXVX, making sure their identities are perfect, uh, protected, vetting yeah. it, checking everything, talking to an editor and crafting up a piece versus somebody being like, I'm pissed off about what's going on with my job. I'm going to post 60 pages of the script or 60 minutes of audio or whatever it's going to be. It's hard for some people to make that division in their mind, yeah. but you know, you really got to just be professional at your job. Yeah, that's true. Just like how we are professional at our podcasting. 
Absolutely. And if you would like to support this podcast and every podcast we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come check it out. We would love to talk to you about Marvel. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. So anyway, 100% guarantee Mephisto's in the next Spider-Man. Absolutely. He's going to take that marriage. Marriage.